bless the ones that are watching on Facebook, Rose, and YouTube, and Instagram. And thank you for everything you do for us. We ask that you bless this service in your name.
continue praying for health. I said, if you want to write yours down, put it in your box, and then on Tuesday night we'll pray for it. And if you want immediate prayer, I'd be happy to take those prayers. I want to encourage you. I started um, my Bible reading for the the this year, and uh, if you need a, a guide to help you, which I do, uh, you could go to BibleGateway.com, and um, they have a, a reading plan. It's like uh, three chapters of Genesis and uh, one chapter of, of the New Testament. And if you don't know how to pronounce the names, it's okay, because they have somebody who could read the names to you on audio Bible. So, you know, it will help you get past the Leviticus and Numbers and all these tribes. And, uh, you know, so it helps me quite a bit. So when I read the New Old Testament it, I could the genealogy is great because they, they um, say them for you which is really neat and then you get better understanding of uh, what they're trying to say and how they're working so any more prayer requests before we go to prayer there's a little format difference if you noticed um, on here because of this the songs that we do. So we're doing praise and prayer after welcoming the guests, so that's be different. Blame it on him. <laughs> I'm just joking. But anyways, uh, so let's go to word in prayer and then we'll pray. Father, we do thank you for the time and opportunity to pray for people that needs prayer. Father, I pray for uh, my son and daughter and their families that they be able to carry on and uh, be happy that uh, Linda is in a place where we know exists and that's heaven and she's praising the Lord and with the angels. We thank you for uh, that she took her home so she no longer suffers. We thank you for the boy who came out of coma, came out of the coma and is at home. It's a prayer that we've been praying for a while and it, you answer that and we praise God for it. Praise you. Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for answering the prayer. We pray for Selena's hand that uh, it will get better, that she be able to continue her schoolwork and be able to uh, heal her hand if it's your will. Father, we do thank you for the love that she has for you and the, the power of prayer that she believes in. Father, I thank you for that. I pray for uh, the rest of his family that they will be able to find a house and move into it, Lord, and just, uh, just help their family uh, through the troubles that they're going through with their landlord. And just, I pray that you will just uh, lift them up and give them strength and courage to continue looking and, and give them strength to uh, not give up. I pray for uh, the gentleman that Chelsea has come across on Facebook that he needs prayer. And most of them do need prayer because they, they don't know the Lord and they need prayer to uh, reach your salvation like we have. Father, I pray for uh, my family. I pray for the big family here. And those that are on Facebook, I pray for Pastor Martine and, Pastor and Sylvia, that you give them healing and uh, that they be back to uh, doing their service in person. We thank you for that. We pray for my sister Tammy, who is uh, in the hospital and soon to get out today or tomorrow. Father, we lift them up in prayer. We lift up uh, her husband and uh, that they will be able to uh, go forward from this point on. Father, I thank you for your spirit, how you touch our hearts, 
into doing the right thing and doing what we need to do as uh, believers. We thank you for your love. We thank you for everything you do for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
be an apostle of Jesus Christ to the will of God. And so it seems our brother to the church of God, which is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Call these saints with all who is in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ and our Lord, both their and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you in to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Play another verse for me for this chorus. Father, we thank you for the gifts and the offering that you've presented here today. We ask that you'll use it wisely for me. We ask that you give me the spirit of control and the spirit of wisdom. Father, we thank you for your love and everything you do and the spirit that you've touched. We thank you for our, our worship team here. It's been a blessing. As we start our new year, I pray that you will touch our hearts even more and that we be able to live, you, live with you more each day. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was in the Navy, I've been to cities like Corinth. Corinth was uh, a town or a city very wide. Um, the Apostle Paul came to the city. But let me give you a little insight of what the city was like. He, went, he was thrown out of the synagogue. He was thrown out of his church, out of the, the Jewish synagogue. Uh, and then he had to move into a house to preach and to teach. In Acts 18.7, tells us that he met a gentleman by the name of Titus Justus. He was one of many people in Corinth who belonged to the Lord Jesus Christ. Corinth was known, an ancient city, was an ancient city. It was known for the reputation for the vulgar materialism. Sounds familiar, right? I think if we went to some of the cities, you could find very vulgar stuff. 
Okay. Literature, it was linked with wealth. Hmm, starting at home, right? And in the early Greek literature, it was linked with the wealth, Homer Iliad, in the page two, immorality. When Plato referred to, the to a prostitute, he used the expression Corinthian girl. It almost reminds me of when I pull into a port in the ship, you had all the prostitutes, you could go down some of the streets and they'd be lined up in the windows where it was legal. And you could pick out any woman you want. I watched the movie the other day. It was very interesting because I didn't know it exists. Human trafficking. They would walk these girls down a runway. And if you had enough money, you could buy that girl to take home. And abuse her and do anything you want to her. It broke my heart. It was like the Tato Barrett play, okay, which may be translated as the leaguer. And these people, how do we know what's going on in these cities? Well, there's people who write about the cities. There are people who, who look at these and write during Paul's time. It was, Corinthians was centered around the temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of love. And thousands of temples of prostitutes. For this reason, a problem is warned. Not for every man is the voyage to Corinth. So you get a picture of what this. Now, the city was destroyed because it's a revolt against Rome. Only a few columns in the temple of Apollo survived the raising. All the citizens were killed or sold into slavery. So God took care of that. Killed them all off ruin the temple through Rome. Now, Julius Caesar refounded the city as a Roman colony in 46 B.C. and in 27 B.C. It became the governmental seat of Arcadus, from which Pete, Galileo, and Procensus would allow Paul to proclaim the gospel. See how God put things into place for Paul? Why am I telling you this? Because when you go read scripture and when you read what Paul writes, when you read what Peter writes, when you read what John writes, you have to understand their context. You have to understand where, who they're writing to and why. The length of Paul's stay at this first tour of ministry was one of the one half years which he sailed into the fall of A.D. 52 of Ephesus and routed to Jerusalem. Now he met two individuals, Priscilla and Aquila, accompanied Paul to Ephesus where they remained to meet and instruct the gifted Alexandria apostle whom they subsequently sent on to Corinth for the ministry there. Paul was introduced to two people and they went to Corinth to minister to some of the people, to minister to people that in need. And you can find that in Acts chapter 18, 18 through 28. While Apollos was ministering in Corinth, Paul returned to Ephesus on his third journey in the fall of AD 53 for a period of about a one, two years and one and a half, somewhere around there. It was probably during the early part of Paul's ministry in Ephesus that he wrote the letter mentioned in 1 Corinthians 5, 9. Now, one of his letters got lost, and it happened. Paul learned that the misunderstanding and further problems in the church of Corinth from the household of Cleo. <laughs> it reminds me, this part right here, this author here from uh, the Bible Knowledge Commentary. <laughs> it's like somebody coming to Europe, coming to the pastor says, something's up with this person or something's up with this church here. His, it's not preaching the gospel or something's wrong. Paul's just a minister. Uh, He's just a minister on his missionary journey. And he met Chloe, who's telling everything about this church. I can imagine what he told him. Little old gossiping, you know. But no, it was, it was good. Because officially delegations, Stephenus, Fortunus, and Achaeus brought Paul specific questions on issue dividing the church. First Corinthians was written 
probably in AD 54 or at 55, addressed these matters. So Paul took all these questions for these people, and they had the vision of the church. They had the vision of church. Reminds me of some of the churches. My son was just telling me the other day that was the church he works at or does had a little division. The old people went this way, and the young people stay this way. See how that works? Because some of the old people are traditionists. They don't like to have new things coming into the church. They like it the way it is. Well, guess what? They're going to die. And the church will no longer be there. You know, that's what we had before. Is that you, if you have an older church and you can't bring younger people into the service, your church eventually will die and it will close the door. Now, because, no offense to the young people, don't get me wrong when I say this, okay? But most of the time, the older people are giving the tithes and offerings. They're pretty much the ones who support the church, okay? In my days, when I was going to church and when I was working in some of the churches, we found out that the older people tend to give more and to support the ministry. That's because of the younger generations don't have the income as the older people. But no, 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 nothing big about that. But I do have to say one thing. When I took this church over in 2013, from the day we opened it until present day, we have not had issues with finances. I mean, we got low, but we always had money to do what Dick's Ministry Center was here for, always. And it's not a bragging thing. It's just to let you guys know that God and you guys have taken care of things that need to be taken care of. And, you know, it, it's been good. So, it's just the way it is. Now, Paul's letters was written for three reasons to draw the church back together in the spirit of unity as one body. The church was severely divided in spirit, feuding and arguing and forming cliques. Wow. A lot of churches are like that today. You know, they have, uh, there was a church out in Corning. They had three pastors in six months. That's a lot. We're generous. We're brave. You know, we were, we've been here for a long time. So God has blessed our churches. You know, I don't mean we don't have problems, but God's blessed our church. We're not fired. So, you know, that's a good thing for us. And we, we, we have our moments, but we're, we're great. Um, the author here says we, they have to deal with the morale laxity in the church. You know, morality, you know, the moral laxity. What, what does that mean? Well, first thing, alcohol, uh, internet. That's a big thing for, especially for men. You know, for men. We see a lot of, a lot of movies about, you know, divorce and all that, and guarantee it was pornography or the internet or uh, some other things that goes on from the internet. And you know, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I get emails or even a text from stuff and you want to delete it and you delete and you delete and you delete and constantly have to delete. Even though we just were talking about spam, it blocks a lot of the stuff. But there's people out there trying to get your mind, trying to get your heart, trying to get your soul. Just like Corinth here. But, of course, this city was uh, at the southern tip of Greece. It was on a narrow strip of land about four to five miles across, almost like an island. So, like the little island. This provides two nature harbors, one on the east coast and one on the west coast. Corinth was commercially paradise. All commercial travelers traveled through the north and south chose to travel to Corinth. Now, this reminds me of the Philippines. Our ship was right into the Philippines, and they knew Navy people coming out. The men were coming out. 
you know, the ship's pulling in. So they had their people out there waiting on the men, and I think bars are open, you know, and you name it, it was going on. You know, and boys, it's, you know. Now, it had a large population, a mixture of nationalities, including Greek, Latin, Jew, Egyptian, Syrian, and Asiatic, being a prosperous city. Corinth was a sport-minded center. Isthmus Games is considered most important athletic events next to Olympics. Were held in Corinth. Corinth was morally corrupt because of high population of traveling salesmen. In the material prosperity, Corinth was part of the city. Drunkenness and all sorts of immoral living was everywhere. The city name even became a byword for evil and morality living. They worshiped the goddess of love, Aphrodite, as I mentioned earlier. The temple housed a thousand sacred prostitutes. Talk about oxymoron. Crin was an intelligent and cultural center. The pursuit of personal and pleasure was the norm. Me, me, me. What can you do for me? How can you satisfy me? I got money. You know, if you got money, lots of it, they were there. The population of the city has been estimated to about a half a million. So the city needed the gospel. A lot of, lot of cities need the gospel. Bigs only have 1,800, but bigs need the gospel. You know, Gridley needs the gospel. Everybody needs the gospel. We, our churches are small. Our churches are spread out. Facebook, everywhere. They're, they're on there. And we have to find a new way to reach those people. Uh, with the help of our IT guy and uh, Sean and everything, we are trying to get going up on YouTube and to spread the gospel and trying to get things together. And it's taken us a while. I have to understand the terms and the technology, what goes with it. So we're able to reach people. But when Paul, here's Paul, he's writing here. And Paul is so positive here in Scripture. And he always says, I thank my God concerning you for the grace of God which were, was given to you by Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? I love those words because he does it quite frequently in his writings. Okay? And he's giving this church a positive feedback. He's giving this church some, some encouragement, even though they're in the worst gutter possible you can imagine. You know? And he says to this in verses uh, 6, even as the testimony of Christ was, conf was confirmed in you. So he's saying, hey, you know, Christ is in you. Christ is, you know, there for you. So that you come short in no gift. You know, each one of you have a gift. And if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. God's going to move on to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. So, if you have a gift, let's use it. You know, it, it's always good to have a gift to help the church. And he goes on. Oh, uh, so that you come short in no gifts, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that Jesus Christ, God is faithful. God's faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. God is faithful. Remember that. Paul was so successful that the hostile Jews forced him out of the synagogue. He moved next door to the home of a man named Justus, and this became his base of operations. Kicked him out of the church or the synagogue. But God says, that's okay. Paul, just go next door and work out of there. <laughs> a little house was his operation. 
when we first came to Biggs, we were planning on having indoor service or just uh, house service. But the history goes as we couldn't do that. They, the people that was going to host us moved out of the city, went up to Oregon, and we were, what were we going to do? So we started church here on Easter Sunday. And Martine and myself and a few other people looked at each other and said, do we want to do this again next week? And we said yes. And that's the history behind the whole process. So we, we kept on going. Kept on going. And I'm sure Paul kept on going with this city, even though he knows what's going on here. You know, and which is good. You know, when Paul entered the city, we were told that two to three that had entered in weakness and fear with much trembling. He might have been a little discouraged at what he saw. He was alone, so he was at the mercy of God. Sometimes we are at alone, and the only way we need to go is with the mercy of God, which Paul, Paul did this. I admire Paul because I think if it was me, I'd probably run out of town or be like Jonah. Don't want to go down to the city and preach the gospel because I know they're not going to listen to me. But if God picks you, you got to go because he's going to find a way for you to go anyway because it put Jonah in the bottom of a pit. Paul knew that, I think. And he was so successful that they hated him and moved him out. They, Christ says, if you know me, they're going to hate you. But in return, they hate me more. But Christ is okay with that. And it's the way Paul felt when he wrote this book. And in the process, he's, he's encouraging the believers in Corinth. Telling, hey, God is faithful. And I don't want to tell you guys, God is faithful through 2021. Just as he was faithful in 2020. Today is a new day. You're not promised about tomorrow. And we need to think about that. We need to think about how Paul felt in this place. And Paul apparently then gets news that things got worse. You know, if you read the scriptures, it's not going to get better. So don't expect it to get better. Expect your faith to get more and more. Because if you read the New Testament, you read Revelations, you read what else is going on. It's not going to get better. There's going to be troubles and times and that you're going to feel alone. But you just have to keep faith that things will be there. You have to. The book, First and Second Corinthians, reveals Paul's character. You know, your character tells you who you are. And Paul's character did this because the way he writes, the way he encouraged people. Paul says, hey, I'm there with you. I'm down in the gutters. I'm down in the trenches with you. Charge after charge, he levels against Paul. He spends a good deal of time, both letters answering these charges. So put it in a nutshell, 1 Corinthians is an epistle written to answer a church-specific question. It is an epistle that answers the problems confronted by a pioneer church. Big ministry is a pioneer church. From 2013 till present, we've been pioneering all the way. And we haven't stopped, no matter how many people shows up. Sometimes we only have one or two show up. But I truly believe that Big Ministry Center this year will be a blessing to those who need Jesus Christ. 
whether on Facebook or in person or anywhere. My heart is there. It's going to be tough for me. It's going to be tough for everyone who joins me in this partnership here at Dick's Ministry Center. The finances are good. Praise God, hallelujah, and amen. I got good people in the back. We have our differences, but he's faithful. And when he dies, he knows Jesus Christ, and he's going to say, my faithful servant. The VBSs that shows here are awesome. We have good people here. Paul's encouraging us through that process. All right, there. And I'm going to read it again. And we'll close. I'm going to start with verse 4. And I'm going to skip here. I thank my God. When you get up in the morning, you say, I thank my God for being alive. Because he is going to give you something to do for the day. I don't know what that might be, but he will give you something to do. Don't sit and let your mind idle. Don't sit and let your body idle. Because guess what? Your brain will get garbage. You get fatter. You get to eat more, which might be a good thing for some of us. But I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God. He's talking to the Corinth people, the believers. That you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. And I'll go to the last one. Oh, actually, let's go ahead and keep going. So that you come short in no gift. Or no gift. Eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will always confirm you to the end. If you know Jesus Christ in your heart and is faithful to his word, he's going to take care of you in the end. You are his forever. And he's going to make sure he confirms that at the end. He's going to be in the courtroom. That's mine. He's mine. She's mine. That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read this last one. I'm going to close in prayer. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Father, we do thank you for the love that you give us. Allow us to become faithful to your word. Allow us to be faithful to your work that you have for us. Allow us to be faithful to one of our family members. Father, I do thank you for all the people that helped put this worship service together. It's difficult each week. We don't know what's going to happen each week that we do this. Technology, sound. But I pray that you will honor our worship time. I pray that you honor those who are doing it. I pray for these people. Allow us to be honored for our faithfulness. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Love and 